Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Uh, my name is Ryan. And I'm Jenny. Uh, and we are trying to read the whole Bible in a year, uh, something that is super, super valuable. Uh, lots of people that like if you if you want to grow in your faith, it's kind of funny. If you want to grow in your faith, the best way to do it is to make sure you read the Bible every day. That's and there's right. so many people that want to do that, but life so often just gets in the way. So what we are trying to do is be really intentional this year about reading the whole Bible, Genesis to Revelation, in this calendar year. Uh, and that's what this podcast is. We're just we're just trying to do this together. Um, <laughs> we're a married couple. Uh, our baby is literally sleeping on the couch. Hopefully she stays that way. Uh, but we think it'll be a really good journey, and I think it's going to be really helpful for you as well. Uh, so we invite you to go on this journey with us, uh, reading the whole Bible. So today we are reading from Genesis 1 to Genesis 3. Uh, and in the scheme of Bible reading, it seems like some pretty significant things happen between Genesis mm-hmm. 1 and 3. Uh, so you basically have God uh, creating the world, God creating, you know, light and water and fish and the birds. The bare necessities. The bare necessities. <laughs> um, and then he creates Adam. Uh, there's there's uh, Adam and Eve. There's this tree in the middle of this perfect garden. They're not allowed to eat it. Eve decides to eat it while she's standing with Adam. Uh, God curses the world, basically. Uh, and that's Genesis 1 to 3. Look at that. It's really nice and sweet and all of a sudden. <laughs> oh, look how tidy that is, huh? Sad. So a couple interesting things to notice right off the bat. In Genesis 1, uh, whenever we talk about um, Genesis 1, what's interesting is that God is using plural language. He refers to himself plurally. So he says, let us make man in our image. Hmm. Um, so that is actually like the earliest, right at the beginning of the Bible, uh, Trinitarian language. So that is Father, Son, Holy Spirit present at creation. Uh, we'll see this more and more as we dig further into the Bible. There's plenty of instances where Father, Son, and Holy Spirit show up. But that is something good to know about Genesis 1. I kind of feel like a dummy because I literally just listened to you read this and had not really even thought twice about the word us. And that is really interesting <laughs> that that language is used right off the bat and we don't even think about it sometimes, or at least I don't. Yeah, so that's Genesis 1, 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image after hmm. our likeness. And it's a significant verse. Like if you have a study Bible, usually your study Bible will note um, the plural language. Um, but a lot of times people will say, like, how come Old Testament God seems so different than New Testament God? How come Jesus doesn't show up until the New Testament? Mm-hmm. Did God suddenly get nicer? No, actually, like we see this and we will continue to see this. This is why it's really important to stick with us on this journey. Uh, we will see more and more instances of kind of plural language or unique appearances of the Holy Spirit, unique appearances of Jesus the Son. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's pretty cool right there in Genesis 1. So as we were reading over all this, what did you, you notice, Jenny? Uh, one thing that I, or at least caught my eye, I think as I consider marriage and our relationship as a married couple anyway. Yeah, it's, it's perfect, um, actually. It's, <laughs> that's, that's what you're about to say, right? Yeah, no. Uh, in the third chapter in verse 15 and 16, it uses a real fancy pants word, enmity as Ryan 
so nicely defined for me. <laughs> it's like that tension that's starting to grow. Um, and I think of just like that classic deception scenario uh, whenever Ryan and I find ourselves in arguments or situations where somebody is wrong or feels wronged. Uh, it's interesting to me how casting the blame was like the immediate response. Um, and that's nothing new to us here in 2022, <laughs> 2023. Um, but also I noticed in verse 16 um, that the desires of Eve will be contrary to her husband. Um, and I just think that's hilarious because we are so, we're so much like that. Mm-hmm. Like we have those same struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, some words that were a little bit like, ooh, um, <laughs> And he shall rule over you, referring to Adam ruling over Eve. And I think today those words like strike different chords. They probably struck different chords like forever. It's probably not a uniquely 2022 Uh thing. But it feels like a unique thing to us. Like it feels like that's like, go women, we should be independent. (laughs) But that's always been a problem apparently. So just to like zoom out on this, Jenny's talking specifically about uh, Genesis 3. Mm -hmm. And what we get in Genesis 3 is that God has created this perfect place. We don't know uh, how much time passes in Genesis 1 and 2. So like Adam and Eve could have been living in perfect harmony with God for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, But there is this tree in the center of this perfect garden. Like God is just hanging out with Adam and Eve all the time. Like it says he's walking in the cool of the day with them. Which sounds so casual. It's really strange. Yeah, just walking around with with God, which is interesting. Like when God shows up as a person that can walk. <laughs> just envision a huge giant. In my no, mind. it's Jesus. <laughs> I know, but it's just crazy though. That's not where my mind in <clears throat> flannel graph land goes. Yeah, right. Um, so there's this tree in the middle of the garden. They're not allowed to eat from it. And in Genesis three, the serpent shows up and is like, "Is that really what God said?" <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, that's interesting. Um, so a lot of times Eve gets a bad rap that she like goes out after this fruit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what what's really interesting is that when she takes a bite out of it and she hands it to Adam, like big dumb Adam's just there the whole time. <laughs> She's like, oh, yeah, sure. So this is not like a Eve misled Adam kind of thing. This is not like a Eve's out secretly sinning and she comes home to Adam and Adam's like, oh, my gosh, what did you do? Like Adam is with her the whole time. Mm-hmm. And so it's not, I don't know, sometimes Eve gets a bad rap, I think. Mm-hmm. It's actually the two of them together making this decision to sin against like God. Thieves. And the the result is like this broken, mm-hmm. um, like there's a curse, like what God had intended is broken. Well, and kind of going along with what I was saying earlier of just like that, like their, their punishment in a way, um, what was meant to be or what was set out beforehand was that they would be Ryan, big fancy word, complementarian. Well, they were supposed to complement each other. Right. Like they were supposed to fill unique roles. Right. So that one didn't feel less than the other or one didn't feel suppressed or. And not only that, like that's actually how they lived. Like it's it's not that there was like a rule book. That's actually mm-hmm. how they enjoyed each mm-hmm. other. Right. And it's interesting that that was the original plan and we've shied away from it because of that. So we're, we're referring specifically to Genesis 3, uh, 16, where this curse is laid out. I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. This is God speaking to Eve. 
In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire should be contrary to your husband, but he will rule over you. And to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife, and you have eaten of the tree of which I commanded, you shall not eat from it. Curse is the ground because of you. So, like, the curse ruins everything. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, it affects how plants grow. It affects that there's even death in the world now. It affects how a husband will relate to his wife. It affects how, like, wives will bring forth children. Like, it affects everything. And so Adam and Eve have enjoyed perfect relationship with each other. They've enjoyed perfect relationship with God. Now it's totally taken away. And so they will both be selfishly ambitious mm-hmm. above each other. And so I think what, what's... That's in, a good way to put it. Yeah. They're just going to be looking out for their own interests because they're now selfish. They weren't selfish before. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are still living under this curse still we feel the tensions often we feel the tension luckily uh with jesus and with us just striving to be more and more like jesus hopefully we are listening to the holy spirit and yielding to the holy spirit and mutually submitting to each other but we don't always get that right so uh another really interesting tidbit uh genesis three fifteen. this is god talking to um the woman and to satan I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise your heel. Uh, This this is an allusion to Jesus coming. It's basically saying that uh, Satan's offspring and Eve's offspring will be against each other. uh, And there will be like a war between them, which is occurring all the time. But ultimately Eve's offspring will, will crush his head. Some translations use uh, and all Satan can do is like bite your heel. So if you'd if you'd rather get smacked in the head or hit on the heel, <laughs> my guess is you'd pick hit on the heel. Um, but it's basically saying like you will be defeated mm-hmm. by the offspring of the woman. That's Jesus. Jesus defeats the power of evil, the power of Satan, and that is who we have to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am looking forward to this journey. I hope you are too. Thanks for listening to us. We will see you again tomorrow, uh, starting in Genesis four. Thanks for tuning in. See you later. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. And God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And it was so. And God called the expanse heaven. And there was evening and there was morning, the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas, and God saw that it was good. And God said, Let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit in which their seed, each according to its kind, on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which was their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning, the third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night, 
and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. And let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning, the fourth day. And God said, Let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves, with which the waters swam, according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things, and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds, and livestock according to their kinds, and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth, and every tree with its seed and its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and every bird of the heavens, and everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the hosts of them. And on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from his work that he had done in creation. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. In the day the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. When no bush of the field was yet in the land, and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land, and there was no man to work the ground. And a mist was going up from the land and was watering the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east. And there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. A river flowed out of Eden to water the garden, and there it divided and became four rivers. The name of the first is Pishon. It is the one that flowed around the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. Bedulam and onyx stone are there. The name of the second river is Gihon. It is the one that flowed around the whole land of Cush. And the name of the third river is the Tigris, which flows east of Assyria. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. 
And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it you will surely die. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens, and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that's what its name was. The man gave names to all the livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, he took one of his ribs and closed up the place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This is at last bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any trees in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you will die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. He said, Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman whom you gave, gave to be with me, she gave me fruit of the tree, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband but he shall rule over you. And to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return." The man called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all the living. And the Lord God made for Adam and his wife garments of skins and clothed them. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil. Now lest he reach out his hand and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever. 
Therefore the Lord God sent him out from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man, and at the east of the Garden of Eden he placed the cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.